Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Monday Night Magic Werewolf. I think we're going to get angry again, guys. We're going we're gonna to get mad. Fake mad, real mad. You may not know. Sanctioned anger. Unclear. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some magic and also my new obsession with playing Tinykin again on the Steam Deck. Because I've almost finished that game for the second time. But helping us bring you know this just in-depth non-biased magic reporting and thoughts first we have i'll say vincent i'll go to my left hello <laughs> and and brent i'm brent <laughs> i imagine you introduce yourself at the hospital thing. i'm brent yep i guess that's pretty much i've got your drugs <laughs> they're all pr well i've been... <laughs> i've been doing uh i believe uh buddy the elf phone introductions there was a national day for it or whatever from, uh, <laughs> I had not heard about yeah, this. I've been doing a Buddy the Elf, you know, answering the phone. What's your favorite color? Things like that. Uh, mixed reviews, mixed reviews, but uh, well, no intervention get, yeah. from management yet. Yeah, so I'm saying enough, that's... You need a good sample size. Yep, then, you, then you can go to your IRB about your Buddy <laughs> the Elf uh, de-escalation uh, phone program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so which spicy topic do we want to start with? Do we want to start with magic finance, or do we want to start with the scourge of counterfeit? I, to me, counterfeit. I, I don't like that the counterfeit and proxies are in the same discussion because to me they're very much two different beasts for this. I would argue they're kind of the they're both magic finance, they right? Proxies true. and and the other items. So. Why don't you start off with your? Because my, my daughter's found a proxy purse. <laughs> That's by a proxy Louis purse. Vuitton. I don't know how you actually spell it, but I'm pretty sure this is incorrect. On this purse. <laughs> <laughs> does Louis Vuitton have a silent X in it? I don't think it does. <laughs> I I so uh, Tom and Vincent are counterfeit cards the same as proxy? Cheating. They're cheating. <laughs> Vincent, I'm Again, kidding. Counterfeits I, I... and proxies are different things. Counterfeits are cards that are trying to pass themselves off as real cards. Proxies are not trying to pass themselves off as real cards. That is the that's the main definition between the two. Vincent, you you never saw my hand drawn with a sharpie rendition of a mox uh, sapphire yes. on a third a revised white bordered basic island it was pretty close yeah <laughs> you had to look you had to, you had to do the bend test and everything to figure out if that was well i guess that wouldn't help because it's a real card but... it's on the actual magic card. <laughs> <laughs> damn it <laughs> he pulled us oh that would be great at star city games how did this one make it through it passed the bend test sir <laughs> <laughs> that is a blue and black sharpie <laughs> on, on a third edition revised I, third edition revised. basic island <laughs> uh, so okay so counterfeits are uh, that you would say are purposely trying to deceive others about yes. the card can it's, you have a proxy that looks really really close to an actual magic card that's a counterfeit is it I mean it depends on on how if it's obviously distinguishable, it's a proxy. Okay. So like when I use a color printer, which I don't have, and uh, print off the image, and then just slide, cut out the piece of paper and slide it into the sleeve with yeah, a third edition. That's obviously a proxy. There you go. 
But if you okay. put it on cardstock and you try to make it look like an actual card, that's a counterfeit. What happens if I alter the art, but only slightly? <laughs> if I just make it sluttier. Like no one's wearing pants in any of the arts I use on mine. Those just would still be proxies, right? As long as they're not trying to pass them off. And yes. Brent's all assless chapstick, yes. <laughs> so what what uh, what started this conversation on counterfeits and proxies? I'm not sure. Like someone in the community started like just a discussion to talk about how the people are using counterfeits and like someone said like I don't care if they're using counterfeits against me it's still the same magic piece and that got people to say that another prominent community member Corbin Hostler said knowing purposefully using counterfeits is theft and And I think that's where where things got spicy (laughs) That's where things got spicy, I think. Um, but then I feel like there was a little bit of a change in to the message, maybe where he was kind of looking. You kept referring to it more as cheating, not necessarily yeah, cheating. Theft was like the initial. Then that quickly kind of morphed to more of a of a cheating, and and kind of this more to me it was more of this kind of like discussion about being. And it seemed like it was sanctioned tournaments. It seemed yes. to be the question, like you know, I guess they. I mean, technically, I'm maybe doing some sort of IP issue if i'm printing out cards at home or doing something but in general not yeah. really felt to be a an issue i mean when um, he was talking about theft he was talking about from other tournament goers since you could win but you wouldn't be able to win if you if you use the counter if you could didn't use your counterfeits so i guess there's where I, honestly for me it fell apart a little bit because like uh because you know, there's a lot of discussion about ev value being affected and it's like i guess i always thought for a same tournament the money the prizes are either coming from what I paid to enter the tournament. It's not based on what my deck value is. Uh, it's not like I had to pay $50 to enter if my deck was worth $3,000 and I only had to pay $6. But that's what my... they're saying. Like, you have X chance to win if you enter a tournament, but you would have zero if you weren't using counterfeits, or we would have less if, like, you had to use worse cards because you had counterfeits. And, and that's when people got really angry about sort of the... It, kind of the very exclusionary nature of a lot of the, the magic legacy vintage formats were just magic in general. Yeah, it's just it was just not a, you know when you have a single duel because I, I I remember donating some basic uh, duels like some underground seas to a like a fundraiser you know and they're like wow like seven hundred dollars I can't remember what they are now but, <laughs> you know th- I mean that that's that to me seems like a problem for it's just like I can't play this format. I guess the argument there is we don't have to play in the sanctioned tournament version. Yeah, um, but it's tough where maybe if you are table or you're playing in proxy friendly <clears throat> events. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, and the challenges there is like, well, and then I, I think I can't. You know, there's so many people involved in that discussion there. But so it's you know, as like a professional magic player, maybe you aren't as good as you think because uh, you're you're not playing against all the best magic minds. It's the, the magic minds that can afford that stuff. Well, are there certain cards in those tournaments that are staples, and those are the ones that are the priciest? Like you brought the dual lands, right? Are duels pretty much every? Does but I every think part of the problem that Corbin was doing is that people aren't just counterfeiting the expensive cards that you only can get the expensively. Like apparently, are people counterfeiting beta basics and the like? Well, I'm still looking for my sixth edition or white, masterpiece white versions basic of random cards. 
they're counterfeiting basic lands, but you're saying these are the beta basics? Yeah. Things just that they are look expensive, cool. but yeah, just to make them look cool. Okay. Okay. That, uh... Yeah, that seems a little odd, just based on, like... So, if they're just doing... it, Well, I mean, beta, beta basic lands still cost some money, though, don't they? Yeah, that's why people are counterfeiting them. So they're just doing it for a bling fat, like, look, I have yeah. beta basics as opposed mm-hmm. to... Yeah, that's, I think the I, one thing we should get is we get dive deeper in the discussion. Counterfeiting is bad. Because is, isn't that an issue where like, well, no, I mean, isn't that a problem where like some of the counterfeits are so good that it's very hard no, to I tell mean, the like, difference? Morally bad, like that's what I mean. Like the reason well, this is a problem is because counterfeits are near indistinguishable for the real cards in a lot of ways. Yeah, especially uh, if it, you're just seeing them across the table. Didn't uh, was it Ben Blyway? Somebody had in that chain had talked about their store. And they had to inform somebody that uh, their sales, that uh, they had counterfeits in their old, old cards. Oh, yeah. Really? Like, like, they're just, yeah. like stuff for sale? Had stuff they were selling. Uh, pay- oh, pay- A customer had come in to sell cards and they had to, the store had to inform them that some of these cards, which were would have been higher value cards, were counterfeits. Yeah. Okay. That's yes. the other big, big problem is that when people who don't know they have counterfeits use them. Yep. And yeah. try to sell them or they get caught in a tournament with them. And so, yeah, I, I guess I do agree there. I'd say, you know, I guess indistinguishable counterfeits are probably a bad thing. Uh, yeah. But I guess in some ways. And it'd be a wizards... lot better way if wizards could somehow improve their process that. Counterfeits weren't indistinguishable anymore, but I don't know how practical that <laughs> Your is. Foils aren't curled into a four-dimensional <laughs> shape. There, I'm suspicious. <laughs> you didn't bring your foils in a in a cigar tube, but uh, the counterfeits starts playing the interstellar theme. That's how you know they're authentic. It's like contact. It's like just forms of some sort of vortex. Some wormhole forms. Like oh, takes those you to official. a magic land where there's no reserved list. <laughs> so, so I mean, it, I, I mean, I feel like because we were kind of discussing the you know you know counterfeits proxies and has a very similar discussion to piracy. You know, when we look at like retro games where either the games are not available or very expensive and very easy to do, maybe obtain or play these games in other fashions. Uh, I mean, as part of this Wizards' fault, where you know we all know the discussion, the battle over the reserve list. But they basically have carved out a set of cards that are always going to be basically unaffordable. I mean, that's part of it. And part of it's other th- things. Like, when you put Shieldred and nothing else good in a set, that's also going to imp- increase its price a lot. But again, the other part is that people are counterfeiting things that they don't necessarily need to counterfeit. Like, random uncommons. And that's also a place where we can seg into the other big MTG Finance topic of the day if, unless <laughs> if you we're... can't get the cards <laughs> you again might need to look at other ways of obtaining them or i guess to yeah though it's so, not like counterfeits are being sold at events in the same way <laughs> but that's neither here or there sure yeah was not. was there a specific like subset of cards at, at this pioneer event that were super hot that people couldn't get or yeah, one of the main things is Last week, like right before the tournament, there were two big developments. One, the geological appraiser 
deck, the Geoform Cascade, New Cascade Discover deck, got banned. So pe- people who are planning on playing that were, had to scramble for a new deck. And the other one is that Amalia Combo was really big. That's the new Explore Wild Growth Walker chain gained a bunch of life. But Explore is fixed. It's fixed cascade, Vincent. Next. Let's discover. Discover is the fixed. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Explore is still explore. I mean, Explore is still just. Yeah, I love my map thing. tokens. Never mind. I meant Discover. Yeah, I love. Totally, the totally meant that. <laughs> yeah, but as I was saying, like that deck came across, and it has like random cards you wouldn't play otherwise, like Wild Growth Walker, a random uncommon from Ixalan block. And the thing is, like. Obviously, there are some people who had it, and they were selling this fifty cent on common for four bucks. That's fine. But the other part is that people just didn't have it because they're like, if we go to the vendor view, the people like it, part of the problem is that the the finance part of vendors is difficult because you don't realize what's all the costs that go into vending at an event. I had no idea that. The booth space was that expensive. And also, the interesting thing with like traveling with the cards, where like the TSA was like going through all the card boxes, I was like, that seems nuts. Yeah. That's a hard part, especially for vendors who aren't local. And that's part of the problem with the normal tournament structure. You don't have people going to places where they have hubs and stuff, like used to be with Star City being on the East Coast. We have DreamHack running the major events now, and they have places that aren't necessarily connected to MTG as a whole because they're doing all kinds of different games and stuff. So, and there, I mean, you know, obviously there was kind of a very, you know, two different viewpoints. One, I guess, being a player purchaser, the consumer, and then I guess the vendor view where they were defending why they would bring certain cards, <laughs> you know, potentially higher value items that take, Maybe yeah, more value like for less space. You can sell a $200 card, and it takes the same space as a $4 card. It's yeah. the same thing. And also, yep. apparently, like the cards they're bringing, the really expensive stuff, highly played stuff, apparently that doesn't sell as well online as other cards do, so that's why they bring it. But it gets to the point where you have a bunch of reserveless staples being brought to a Pioneer tournament, which isn't a great optic. <laughs> Oh, sorry, go ahead, but, Brian. Well, I was going to say, yeah, it might not be for the Pioneer Tournament, though. There might be people at Pioneer Tournament that that's where they can pick up those reserve lift staples. Yeah, that they like, want. that's the thing. But the like, other part make, is that apparently, make, like, the Atlanta Regional Championship that last weekend was the biggest invite only tournament ever. Oh. And that's that's where this spot, this argument spawned the whole. Uh, and that they didn't have they didn't any have, cards for those people. Do, do they make it like almost like a, a, a unlisted requirement that X percent of the cards brought are for, you know, whatever the uh, that they don't uh, tournament but they is? Could. Wizards could is that do something they like could that. do? Is you know not anything crazy? Or they incentivize like people to do it? Like say your booth is free, but will but you have to bring X amount of staples for this format. There's oh. something you could do that. People yeah, want wizards to do that. Or DreamHack to do that, but DreamHack don't care. They just probably got a contract and don't even know what Magic is. Oh, I bet. I bet DreamHack knows. Everybody knows what Magic is, Vincent. <laughs> yeah, everybody. <laughs> and clearly, I've heard of DreamHack before. <laughs> totally familiar with them. 
they're but a they big actually, esports thing. Not knock off some of the the booth price and make it where it's a, you know say like hey fifty percent of your stock that you're bringing would have to be uh for whatever the uh format is for that tournament. Yeah. And then just have that fifty percent. Is it fifty percent of value or fifty percent? Well, yeah, that's like enforcement could be and then enforcement exactly. Yeah, then you would need an IRB just for that. <laughs> yeah, because because there will be physical harm. When or the <laughs> other part is like if there were local vendors, they might do better. Like this was in yep. Atlanta, so you could do stuff in Atlanta, and like they presumably don't have to go as hard to bring Pioneer staples. Like if they're driving a half hour to a, the convention center compared to someone who's flying things halfway across the country. Well, yeah, but I'm sure the locals probably a lot of locals probably can't afford to pay what the booth costs are. Exactly. That's, yeah, I guess I didn't realize it was like you know five ten thousand dollars for a booth. I guess I didn't. I never knew what the costs were. And then there's like all that. other kinds of stuff like Wi-Fi costs a ton in the convention center. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, everybody's got to get their money because right. If there's one thing we learned about magic, it's greed. <laughs> the- Watsi loves greed, not the card. If we could lay out maybe closer to thirty percent of the employees, that sounds Gosh. better. That sounds that oh, sounds sorry. like we're, that sounds like business. We're going back another week, huh? Is this what we're gonna do? Mm-hmm. Is this what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what Chris uh, is is it Chris Cock or Chris Cox? I mean, either way, there's some jokes there, but I uh, think it's Chris Is Cox? it singular or plural? Is it like tails? Two tails, two tails did we find it's it? plural. Uh-huh. It's plural? Okay, Cox, so Chris Cox. 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 C-O-X, right? Not C-O-C-K-S. I know. But I think Cox. it's C-O-C-K-S. I'm pretty sure. I went to school with a K-O-X, but I think his is a C-O-C-K-S. Oh my gosh, it is. This makes it even better. Oh my Oh my goodness. It is C-O-C-K-S. Yeah, because all, all the junior high, I, I went to, I, in my same class, I had Kevin Cox and Mike Dick. So they'd be going through last names and P, being <laughs> Cox, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this you, this is this has been the class for five years. Why is this funny? Mr. Cox has served as chief executive officer of Hasbro since February 2022. Mr. Cox vision, skills, and experience. I I make money. <laughs> yeah, he got yeah, there's a lot of money there for it. But yeah, those uh vendor booths are expensive. So if Vincent was bringing it up, it'd be great for locals to be able, right? Not it's not as big a deal for them to throw a, a few 5k boxes of the uh, staples for whatever uh, format that is going in, right? Throw them in the back of a car. Don't leave them in the car because they always get stolen. Bring them into the place. But who's going to be able to afford those booth prices? The and, other and part also, I guess, is just is it's harder for locals to even do like, especially new cards, like yeah. how much it should like getting bitter triumph is one of the new cards. It's a staple uh, uncommon and it just, it's hard for them to be opened. Like, I think I saw something that Denver's going to be uh, like around a release weekend of Murders of Karlov. I think I saw something like that or something. That's uh, the next big U.S. regional championship. I'm not sure on that. Don't quote me. Let's see, uh, Dream Hat. I'm trying to pull it up. Let's see. We are pre- I'm prepared. I don't know. Bitter Triumph, I just suppose it would be a nice, cheap uh, swap for the dismember in my. 12 shadow deck. So yeah. Uh, let me see round five, Denver, February 9th through the 11th, 2024 presented by laughing dragon. Sounds More like info. Sounds soon. like a brand of weed. 
Yeah, this is on, this is on the DreamHack Magic website. So DreamHack must know something about Magic because uh-huh. they have a DreamHack Magic website. So yeah, that's the next regional championship. I'm I think it's I'm not sure if it's standard or modern, but especially if it's standard, like I think that is release week weekend for Karlov. That's uh, yeah. I have I see nothing on on here for round five Denver. Uh, let's see regional. Offer you can't. Uh, here's the what you can win, but it's uh okay. Round five's constructed form as modern. Okay, so round five's limited options are Wilds of Eldraine, November seventeenth onward, Lost Caverns. But yeah, do not mix sets. But W uh, round five. Talking yeah, about the main tournament, not the qualifiers. Oh, not the qual. Okay, then I don't know for the main tournament. Yeah, sounds like a good here. website. If you don't even know what the main tournament is. Well, I, it does say in their defense, it does say more info soon. So I mean, like, we'll tell you when you're showing up. Be like, is, is it modern? <laughs> is it pioneer? <laughs> hey, we rolled the dice. Yes. You have to throw it together. Well, wasn't one of the arguments that uh, with things changing, uh, why can't people have the cards ready when they come to the tournament? Why is there an expectation that you can come to the tournament? And the vendors have to have That's the cards. That's normally fair, though this was a unique circumstance oh, with a banning fair? and a new deck. Fair is the what? Fair is the measuring stick that we're using for this because I could break down something even more. Life isn't fair, but magic it, is always. It's, fair. It sucks. I get it. It sucks. But I was like, yeah, it's not fair. Like, so what are they supposed to do? Run to online to get it? Or I, I get that there was that change, right? There was that banning, which was really. Close the banning and the new so deck. that does kind of suck, but there were no way for them to get those cards on. You know, right? If they want to talk about EV, there was no way for those individuals to get those cards online or somewhere else. Would they? Apparently, have had to online them? takes like three days. Like people can't. It's impossible for people to offer like next day shipping. I saw a post of that in one of the threads. That okay. it's just like if you do it, cards are so hard relative to ship and ship yeah. reliably that you so, can't okay. really do it. I guess I could see that. And was it a week between when the, the bannings yeah. were announced and this happened? So that is kind of cutting it. That's cutting it a little bit close, but I, I'll still argue that as a uh, counter. Like, yeah, then you have to buy them online, right? Economics is, I mean, <clears throat> so what do magic players want? What do magic players almost always wanted besides magic cards, cheap magic cards that are the powerful magic cards, right? And we got that, and that causes problems now. And that's the this I like this right. It's the monkey's paw. We got what we wished for. Like that's what do you? How do you expect the vendors to have all these cards, all of them there, and they don't sell for anything? Why? Why would they do that? Just based on the cost alone. So are they going to decrease the cost of the booth? Right. The the vendor like. The local tournament, DreamHack, I'm sure, can't convince hotels to lower their prices. So you fly in and you have to write. You have to stay at a hotel. There's room and board. There's food. You know, there's only so much that they can control. And do you think any of them are voluntarily going to go, you know what? I think we're charging too much for booth. We should cut back on booth prices so we can enhance the selection of cards for these players. Yeah, I, I, guess I know that, it's a little chuckle there, Vincent. Again, you don't think that we, the tournament organizers would do that? And again, that's where Wizards should be stepping in to help because they're yeah, the ones. Well, I'm pretty sure Mr. Cox is not stepping in anywhere to help unless it helps him. Yeah, I guess this is something I, maybe you guys, I don't know if you know, like, like for these big tournaments, like this Dream Hack one, like, is there is there financial support from 
Wizards. I'm sure Wizards just... has a con- gives them a contract to like we'll pay you X if you run this event for us. Because I've like there I've always kind of been curious. Like, just like I'm like sure Reed Pop gets a similar thing for the Magic Cons in general. Like there, you know how how much you know is the balance sheet based on them charging seven thousand dollars for a boost space? Maybe that's what makes it even financially viable, which tells you it's not a great business model. But uh, yeah, it seems like there could be more support from the top, and that would allow them. But with capitalism, though, they're just going to keep that money and still charge six thousand dollars for a boost space. So. I mean, now that there is more push for like organized big magic again, um, is this, I guess, yeah, what would be ways to improve this? Is it improved card access, more tournaments? It's like, I, I feel like the the whole constructed C- or modern tournament scene is, in my mind, is totally dead. I wouldn't even know where to like find a tournament, how to get to one, or how to participate <laughs> in one these days. The- uh, the issue with the card availability is just it's going to be because of the prices. Why why would vendors want to be able or you know stores? Why would they want to crack open a mad amount of packs if there's no real value in them? Correct. Because the they might open a five thousand dollar hyper rainbow serialized yeah, planeswalker it, it, thing, invisible link. <laughs> yep. This is this is like this is the, this is the end game of all those. Uh, changes that Wizards have made, and it's—I uh, don't know how to say. Uh, you guys seen Tommy Boy, right? When he goes into the diner, and he's like, "Hey, I'd really like that shrimp," and they're like, "Oh no, it's closed." And then Chris Farley's character, Tommy, takes the rolls, like just destroying it. I feel like this is that's why we what, can't have nice things. This is why we can't. I feel like that's what Wizards has done with you. Like, look at back at the expeditions, right? Remember the original Zendikar expedition lands? How absolutely it was like, oh man, this fantastic. This is great, right? There were even the hidden treasures. You had the you know one in a bajillion chance of finding some old card that they had bought off the uh, I mean, market secondary different. market. Like expeditions and masterpieces in general are are the similar to what we've seen with the serialized cards. Did you say similar or dissimilar? Sorry, I said similar. Oh, yeah, similar. Where, yeah. where yeah. Be, the both treasures cards I are cheap and but the, except for the ones that are hyper expensive. And since a pack costs so much, a box costs so much, that's also how things change. Well. And I think the expeditions would have been great had they not kept it. The same with the uh, was it invocations. The uh, that's masterpieces. Masterpieces, yeah, the masterpieces. Expeditions. Like, yeah, stop being, they do that to serialized cards now. Just stop doing it all the time. Don't. It's but not. I special mean, that's anymore. the point. It makes the other cards cheaper, which a lot of people like if they don't have to pay ten bucks for a dual land. Though apparently, cool. I saw some of the shadows block ones are back up to like over ten bucks. Apparently, the black-white one is because Esper mid-range, and because it didn't get a reprint in Doctor Who, it's like up to 18 bucks now. <laughs> but that's beside the point. That's a set that probably should have rotated by now. Oh, the uh, Dream Root Cascade or whatever? The green-blue one? Or green-black? Uh, black-white one. Oh, the black-white one? Starlit Sanctum or whatever. Shattered Sanctum. Starlit Sanctum's the cleric land from Monster. Oh, Block. that was a great land. That is an awesome that land. One. So that was... That that's that's essential for uh, cleric typo. If you're doing that, you want you want to throw that one in there. Oh wow, it is. Jeez, I didn't realize that one had gone up that much. Okay, that's what she said. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So, how are we going to solve this problem? We we <laughs> we have to solve this problem on Monday Night Magic on Wednesday. Yes. 
because we Wizards going to give more money to because they they have extra money. They just laid off like everybody, so they should have the extra money to hand to the tournaments now. Uh, it's and then I would trust. Rare. Wait, <laughs> well, I mean, like really, there isn't right until they start fixing the whole serialized into all that, there's not going to be... I don't think there's a solution on the card end. I mean, we'll see what happens. Like, the whole paradigm's going to get shaken up with play boosters. With more uncommons per set, we'll see. I guess there are going to be more rares per... Like, per pack. Per pack. We'll see how many more... Apparently, set boosters are were what was mostly being bought these days. So yeah. that's changing. So I guess maybe, but one thing yeah. I'll think will interesting is that they're going to be more uncommons per set. And that should make each uncommon rare, even if they're going to be fewer per, maybe more per pack. I'm not sure how that math's going to work out. We need Frank Carson. Get Frank Carson yeah. on the phone. Let's make some statistics that basically work. But yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, we'll just make it, you can make anything work close enough. Yeah. So you. You you're saying that uh, the other part of how do you make commons and uncommons available is with things that make other standard decks more generally available and make more good challenger decks because commons and uncommons are what you can easily put in a challenger deck. Yeah, they haven't done challenger decks though for a little while now, haven't they? Right. Though again, I'm assuming we'll get standard ones soon as part of their method to revitalize standard. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I just. It seems like Wizards gets the, they'll get some idea. It's pretty good, and then they go with it. And sometimes they completely drop it. They're like, "Yeah, we're not doing this." I mean, this is still all pandemic stuff. They had they've had trouble getting normal sets, so they guess they've assumed that we don't need to put like normal sets. Like if they they were they probably take them like a year to make a challenger pack. So if they were like last year, if they were doing challenger things, they'd be doing them in twenty like mid twenty twenty one. And obviously, you don't want to have that things for competitive standard events in late in mid 2021. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> yes and no. I'm just going to, my small sample size. I'm pretty sure there weren't were a lot of people in the, uh, in the area that I play magic in that were really too concerned about mask wearing or anything. So they would have gladly gone. In <laughs> gladly gone. I don't think that was, I think the bigger complaint from magic players was we want to be able to get together and do this stuff. And you're not letting us, Boohoo on you, wizards. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying like that, that's that was the message given, I think. Yeah, that was that was the that was the message given. Yeah. So it's well, okay. So you're saying that they probably got some challenger decks on the way. Yeah. And that we can once again blame the pandemic for any any of our uh yeah. any of these current issues. Mm-hmm. I wonder how yeah. long they can use that for wizards. You know what I mean? Like twenty years from now, are they going to be like that? Be like, well, the I mean, pandemic apparently, be like, like Lord of the Rings. I saw, I heard on one of the drive to works that Lord of the Rings was the first set they started during the pandemic. So we've got three years of this stuff. Lord of the Rings, one of the first ones. So we, maybe there'll be like an MTG thirty one, thirty two, because those are proxies. Because the backs look totally <laughs> different. <laughs> and that was, if, well, if that was the case, yeah, maybe that's where they thought MTG thirty. Maybe. Some of them did have long COVID and they had the brain fog. And that's when they're like, hey, a thousand dollars for four packs is a great idea. Yeah. These are counterfeits. They're made by us. They're they're made, it's legit. okay, everybody. It's great. Oh. I, I didn't hear anybody bring up MTG 30 with the whole proxy counterfeit thing. Well, because they're 
allowed. Wizard says, yeah, you can. But you can't not in sanction tournaments, though, right? You because can't. No, you can't because they're proxies. And yeah, $250. How much what is a, what, uh, a, okay. what a fumble. They, how like, how the much 30th, is a pack of MTG30? I'm going on eBay. Like, they, they had this. They, they literally. They had us like, it's like, oh, 30th edition, yeah, we're going to do this 30 years of magic. And then it was like, $1,000. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm still seeing for like 200 plus dollars for the uh, 30 anniversary boosters. Nope. <laughs> What's the strongest nope you've ever noped? Right there. Ma- <laughs> right MG, there. Magic 30. Nope. Oh, wait, hold on. Are these. Okay, I'm gonna go onto a site that may be looking at productions in China. I'm a, can I get a, a counterfeit of an MTG30 proxy? That would be beautiful. <laughs> you proxy it, it probably implode on itself because you proxy a proxy. Doesn't in. that make it real? Right, it's that's, like double negative. That's what I was saying. If I if I took the uh, a counterfeit and then I drew my mocks on it to make <laughs> it a proxy now. <laughs> no, you, no, it's a real one. You play that at a tournament. You can't play it. That's a that's a counterfeit. It's no, a proxy. it's a proxy of a counterfeit, thereby making it legit. Totally like, watch, legit. The, watch the head judge's head explode. To, it's logic. Two negatives make a positive. This, this Ooh, is That's a, science. Yeah. You just said, sir, you're going to have to leave. You're eliminated. No, I'm not going to leave. This is science. I'm going to sit here. You also sir, don't have pants on, sir. Sir, you're going to be removed. I will not be removed. I will show remove myself. I shall... I will remove when I'm ready to remove myself. Okay, let's see. Yeah, these their 30th edition packs are still going for a ridiculous amount of money. And so, yeah, that's... So, Vincent, you're saying play booster. So we have yet another variable that we have to wait for. So play boot. Is yeah, this a Wizards other... game? What? Is that how they do it? They're just like, oh, we'll always be switching things up so we can never really pin it down to try I mean, and in solve recent it. years that I mean, I think they're trying to solve it. You think they're trying to solve it? Yeah, they're trying to solve things, but the but the problem you, is that they have to do everything like eighteen months in advance. Have you ever thought that maybe the problem solvers are part of the problem? No, I think that distribution of a I'm, of an actual <laughs> product is difficult. I mean, it's, it's especially it's when possible. your goal is still to maximize things, and and you're carrying a a toy company that should have died ten years ago on your back. Hey, I like Nerf. <laughs> Don't you bat mouth Nerf. It's Nerf or nothing. Obviously, it was that 90s slogan, Nerf or nothing, or was that 2000s? But it's Nerf or nothing. So, and yeah, if it wasn't for Magic, Magic it would have been nothing. Well. <laughs> Magic may be doing well for Hasbro, but I'll let you know it's Nerf or nothing. Monopoly and all that, yeah, they can dump off the 5,000 versions of that, but Nerf. Nerf, I bet Nerf is, you know what, let's... let's... Nerf has to be still gigantic. I mean, I, I literally have a Nerf, like, dart gun, because even, like... Yes! They, they work really well. It's like, I can shoot pop cans inside, and, like, this is fun. Let's see. Annual revenues under the Nerf brand are approximately 400 million U.S. dollars. Can you feel believe like that? I... That Again, is that's insane. revenue, and that presumably it takes more to build a single Nerf gun than it does to print a Magic card. Well, especially these days, they're basically made out of oatmeal. So yeah, 
Well, yes, I would argue that their different one is a card, and one is a Nerf gun. Yes, have and you... that's why revenue ain't a great comparison. Have, have you have you have you lost the spark for Nerf? Did you ever have a Nerf gun, Vincent? I ever load know, up that little not. bullet into there? Pull back. Yeah, you got the Nerf darts, then, the Nerf balls. And yep. then now there's like the gel. It's the like gel, the, yep. The Orbeez and then you just, they shoot. You just wait for your sibling not to be looking and you just go and you don't want to shoot put him it, in the crotch. You don't want to put it right against the head. You want to give a little room, mm. maybe an inch it, or two away. And then you just go, bam. And then they scream for mom and dad. And you go running with your Nerf gun as fast as you can. And then maybe they catch you and they start fighting you. And then you have to use your Nerf gun as a weapon. Have you ever pistol whipped something, somebody with a Nerf gun, Vincent? No. <laughs> do you, like, do you want a pistol whip for it right do you, now? Do you yes. want a pistol whip me with a nerf gun? It's nerf. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> the gun itself is not nerf. That, that that's that's solid. They hurt. If you've ever been hit with a nerf gun, they hurt. Well, first you get like a gat. I literally is like a Gatling gun. One like just like yes, motorized with like those yes. balls. It's like just... I I looked at that a, a couple years ago for Christmas. At Target, I was in the aisle with my wife, and just a random woman comes by, and she goes, you should get that. My son has one, and it's fun. And I looked at my wife, and I said, her son has one. We should get one. And my wife's like, This is a smart lady right over here. (laughs) Absolutely. smart lady. She might have been a plant. She might have been a Hasbro plant. She's just walking around. Right Right next to the Nerf Shanks. Ooh. (laughs) Unfortunately, she was laid off last week. There she was. Yeah. Oh, I know. oh yeah. The let's one laugh about the layoffs. Right? <laughs> Bob and Nerf. The only one left was just like I come up with all these Nerf things. I don't know. Yeah. Nerf shurikens. They do have a Nerf uh, Nerf sword. My son has a Nerf sword. I think I've seen like. Do they have like a Minecraft version of the Nerf sword, or yes, maybe they, have a, they okay. have a Minecraft version also? But she has a like a authentic looking Nerf sword. So yeah, there's well maybe eventually magic will have to be like other Hasbro toys where they have to be like neon orange and stuff for safety, where you can't have what looks like a nine millimeter <laughs> Glock, you know, shooting stuff out. Be like, nope, these are my neon. They have to be like eight feet long, like the size there, of like a frisbee. There is a Nerf uh, magic Nerf the for lightning bolt. It was a limited edition. It's a Nerf gun with like the lightning bolt image on it or the coloring. Oh really? There's yeah. also the axe. Oh, oh, the gun! But I was, yeah, I was the wondering, there's the 1999 Nerf card, Nerf Wars. Well, there's yeah, isn't there one from the first Hascon? There's a Nerf yep. card, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's only thirteen dollars for the Nerf Nerf War TCG player. I can get it for thirteen dollars and eighty cents. Yeah, back for when the Nerf Transformers War. had to be in silver border because it would be dumb if they were in black border. Uh, I'll have you know that Grimlock. Autobot leader looks excellent in silver border. All right, says so, so Nerf War three. Uh, did you guys remember any of the text from Nerf War? You like shoot <laughs> your opponent's deck with Nerf things, and whenever you knock goes in their graveyard or something. Yep, three blue red sorcery <laughs> Hasbro. Fire a Nerf trademark blaster until empty. So you're emptying a a whole thing. The Gatling gun. At target library from at least two meters away, for each card knocked off that library, put it into its owner's graveyard, and the nerf war deals half damage to that player. So, okay, foam darts only. Question: This is silver border, correct? It's like it's like both. It's yeah, could this border. be rule zeroed into a commander game? Probably. I mean, technically, anything could be rule zeroed into a commander. I game. think 
I think Vincent, I got it. We're going to sponsor you because you're the actual most competent magic player. You, I'm going to argue. It depends on the us. day. It <laughs> the day. We're going to go to a tournament. We're sponsoring you. You're going to go to the tournament, but I want there to be Nerf War, Rule Zero Legal. I'll bring a Nerf gun. Let's see what happens. I still remember playing sanctioned tournaments where they had to have special rules for Chaos Orbs because it otherwise it was mayhem in those tournaments. Did you guys ever play? Were you playing anything at that time, Brent, where they had like have special rules for Chaos Orbs to make sure... And- no, that was kitchen table magic only, so there was no... Back then, I was in no official tournaments. You weren't putting your library like underneath the, the table yeah, like and all the it. other <laughs> dumb stuff that would happen in tournaments? Because I bet they have like, social rules. If you have a Chaos Orb, it's basically... They would just say it's like a Desert Twister. You just play it, and it will basically kill one permanent. So do oh, not... Wow. Yeah, don't put your cards on the floor or tape them to the table or anything else that would happen but in these tournaments. I think that violates the spirit of Chaos Orb. Yeah, that's anyway. chaos have like, you seen falling i mean Star like yet? even even old school tournaments make it so it can only kill one thing just for practicality you know i but do I, I agree it's not that it's you know it's the letter of the law but not the spirit of the law well i, that one. I will give this i know we were just talked about it, but i do did he read the flavor text under four i'll tell you one thing it's not nothing right there. It's nerf or nothing. It says it. Oh, right there. it's even got on the card. It's nice even word. got it right there. Man, nerf nerf Wait, is cool. I, we I ever have like an nerf. in in live meetup? We'll have to do a video. We could do it at one of the cons because I'm sure Monday Night Magic. We could draw out. There's probably dozens of us. Dozens of us. Dozens of us. Have them there. Dozens. We could have a meet and greet. Nerf war could be there. Vincent, you'll get a nerf gun. Get like a Nerf sniper rifle. It must be something like that. They're pretty. They're pretty cool stuff. Unfortunately, with this riveting talk of proxies and counterfeits, I have to head out. Well, how about we'll how about we wrap it up? Because um, we we had a good run. So everybody, thank you for joining us. Join us. Hopefully, we'll talk about next week being holidays because I'll be in Colorado. We could oh, still yeah. make it work. Um, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, uh, uh, Brent, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter. I don't know what it's called now, but it's called Twitter in my head. Um, at Doctor No Pants One. That's the numeral one, not the number. Num- yeah, the numeral one, not O N E. The Arabic numeral. numeral. Yeah, Arabic numeral. Okay. But you still read from left to right. We're still doing that. Okay. Okay. Just got it. Got it. You don't have to read in the mirror like a Da Vinci secret code. And I am at PSG Reader on also the service formerly known as Twitter. Uh, Vincent, is there anything that you want to promote or share, I guess, from your side, aside from your complete domination of cons of Tarkir draft? I mean, I'm still on Twitter, like whatever, same thing as always. I think you can, if you go back in the show notes, you can probably copy paste, uh-huh. whatever. I'll, I'll try I'm to find it. Yeah, I make no promises. <laughs> Vincent sounds so excited. Vincent's right, like, <laughs> I like these guys, but I also hate these guys. It's, it's both at the same time. You know, it's like it's like the mind palace. You have to be able to visualize black and white as two separate colors at the same time. Not gray, but to unlock the true mind palace, I have to be able to visualize black and white at the same time in my head. So if I uh we should be on all uh kind of podcast services, so just search for Monday Night Magic and you'll get us. And yeah, I'm gonna get angry next time too. We'll talk to you guys later. Thank you. <laughs>